So this week, um, drove into a petrol station, filling my car up, asked them if they take Apple Pay. They don't. Not everyone takes Apple Pay. And uh, the guy comes chat to me, and he's like, and we start, there's a guy that's filling up my fuel, and he's just like, Merry Christmas, have a great New Year, pats me on the back. I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, what country am I living in? You know, we, we walk into a mall of the Emirates and there's music playing. I, f- I had a friend who took a photo of a, a mall in Abu Dhabi and there's Christmas decorations everywhere. And you just think, oh, this is, this is incredible. I think in some ways, coming from South Africa, it feels more Christmassy here than back at our, our home country because that's kind of just more holiday focused and that kind of thing. So I, I love it. I love this time of year. I also loved reading last week. I don't know if you guys read it on the news. I get a news feed on my phone, picked it up in the morning. And a girl, they said, the miracle of Christmas. So I was like, oh, this is amazing, on Fox News, which is not, not normally good news that they're playing. And this girl had a, a terminal brain tumor that was looking like it was just going to go absolutely uh, pear-shaped. And she was going to, uh, they, they were just, the doctors weren't giving a good uh, diagnosis. And the parents would say, well, we trust Jesus, and we're going to trust for healing. And that's, the, the daughter was completely and radically healed. I love that. And that was on news, it was verified by doctors, it was verified that it was the absolute truth. And uh, I love hearing stuff like that on Christmas. This, this is the time of year, and I think it's a great picture because it shows exactly what I'm going to be talking about today, is that there's a moment in history where heaven injected earth, where God came to earth. And I want to start with this scripture in John 1. It says this, John 1 verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. How many know they're talking about Jesus? He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He came to the Jewish community. Jesus was a Jew born into God's people, God's people on this planet, and they did not receive him. They're the ones that actually sent him to the cross. Verse 12, it says, Yet to all who receive him, that's us, to all who believed in his name, so you have to receive and believe, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. Other versions say that the Word became flesh and God Himself tabernacled Himself among us. That is what sets Jesus apart from every other God, small g, or every other religion. Every other religion is about finding our way to Him. Jesus Himself came into earth in the form of a child. And I see Angela's got a baby on her, on her stomach, and there's, there's moms. Can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, found himself in the human form, helpless, dependent on a, on a teenage mother? Even the shame that Mary would have had to walk through, because people are going to not understand. So you guys were engaged, and you fell pregnant, and they're like, and, she got, and I don't know if she was allowed to say, or, but she might have gone, well, it's actually God who did this, and... I mean, can you imagine the shame that she would have had to carry as, as a fairly young girl? And uh, I love that. It's just a picture of who God is. He comes in, and he comes, and he comes to the lowest part, and he comes and finds himself amongst us so we can worship him. 
So this text is about Christmas. I've got four points and I'll be done in about 15, 20 minutes. Is that cool? That's why some, some people came to church today because shorter messages and I will keep this one short, okay? The light, number one, the light came into the world. The Word became flesh. Jesus, the Word became flesh. Those of you who watch Nacho Libre, I think one of the guys who worked with him, he had a guy that was, uh, that I think it was his sidekick, it was Incarnacio, um, which is the word incarnation, which is the word to, to make, to become flesh. It's where we get carne asada, carne, uh, chili con carne is meat. And what basically the Bible is saying is that God, who is spirit, became flesh and walked amongst us. He dwelt with us. He, he took on the human form, as it says in Philippians 2. And um, did you know that the very first text message was sent in 1992? Who was born around that time? Who was born after that time? That's just crazy. I was... Who was born in the 2000s that's sitting here? Like, early 2000s. 99? Rian was? You were born in 2008? Nine. 2009. Which is just crazy. And... Um, so this was December 3rd in 1992. There was a 22-year-old British engineer, and he sent his boss the first text message ever. And the words were, that he wrote to his boss, that his boss got on his, on his computer, was Merry Christmas. And since then, the world has changed drastically. Since 1992, uh, there's been internet that's been introduced. There's, you can have fast internet on your phone. You, you have, always have access now. Now, uh, text language has taken on its, its, its whole new meaning. Okay, so I'm going to mention a few, and you can shout them back to me what they mean. I've had to literally Google some of these things. That's just showing my age. Um, Clint, who leads our youth, obviously leads the youth and understands the youth and where they're at. And he had sent me like all these like IDK and and uh, and and, and I'm like, okay, I knew LOL. Like, I'm not that old, but um, I had to Google some of what he would send to me. I'm like, what does this mean anyway? So, what does IDK mean? LOL, okay, that's an easy one. R-O-F-L, I don't know if you say R-O-F-L, you go ruffle, I don't know. Danae, what is it? I don't know. What? Rolling on the floor laughing, okay. And the YOLO? Cool. There's even Christian ones. Uh, and again, I had to Google these, but some of the guys in the church use them because it's just a bit spiritual. PTL? Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> If you get that on text, you know that guy's a super Christian. Then there's a new one. It's called TGIF. No, it's Today God is First. Oh. <laughs> In the top of my diary, I write that, TGIF. Um, the amazing thing about text is that it doesn't convey emotion. It doesn't convey what you're actually trying to say, and so often it can be misinterpreted. Those of you with moms who are in another country, you know that moms, sorry moms, you're sitting here because your kids are here, but you know they can be a little bit especially a bit more sensitive. Maybe it's just my mom. So I have to be very careful how I text because it might come across in the wrong way. Even though I'm writing just, and I have to kind of qualify at least what I'm saying and what I'm saying because you might pick up the wrong thing. How many of you know I, I've got into trouble from writing text the wrong way. 
Because you can't convey emotion. You, and then we try to put uh, like emoticons on it, and it doesn't work. Because the crying face emoticon could, could be like a genuine pain that someone's walking through. I'm crying for you. Or it's like, I'm so hungry, I'm crying. You know, like it's, 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 the, same, it's the same emoticon that you put on your phone. And, uh, and I was just thinking about this. And the amazing thing is that if you look at the story of the Bible, God sent his word. He sent the Old Testament. He sent prophets. And it was powerful, and it was sent by angels, and it was sent in incredible ways. But there was a moment in history where it wasn't about the text anymore. It was actually about the human flesh. God, through Jesus, came face to face. It's like I can go to Starla and say, I'd rather love you on text. But if I look into her eyes and say how beautiful you are, and look how incredibly perfect your face is, and, um, and I've definitely married up, and you, anyway... And I say, I love you. It means a whole lot more than I say, I love you on a text. Because a love can mean something else. Like, again, I love food. I love my wife. But if I look into her face and I tell her that I love her, it's face to face. And that's what God did. If we want to try make a little parallel, God was sending some great text messages to us that we maybe weren't picking up properly. And then he had to come and show himself face to face to us. God came. And that's incarnation. Making his dwelling amongst us. Number two, the light was a sign. Everyone has different symbols and signs that mean different things. For some, uh, if I was wearing a Star of David, it would mean nothing to you. But if I met a Jewish man, it would mean something to him because it's a Star of David. It it symbolizes what they've walked through, the struggles that they've had over the past millennia. Um, If uh, if there was a football sign saying Manchester, some of you would cheer, some of you would boo. If it was Arsenal, who's an Arsenal fan here? Is that just by default? Yeah, yeah. Danae's an Arsenal because Bruce is an Arsenal fan. If I should show you that, there's stop, stop signs. How many know that's important? Okay. Who's gone through a stop sign before? <laughs> by mistake, okay. Um, if I came in here with a cop badge, there's authority that that sign has behind it that gives me weight and authority to do certain things. That, so you, know, you get what I'm saying? There's, there's signs, and it's amazing. God writes this. In Isaiah 7 verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. How many of you know if God's going to give a sign, you want to see it? And it comes in a way that we don't expect. It says, now this is 700 years before Jesus came. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Wow. That's not the sign that we're looking for. If I was looking for God to come to earth, and if I was God, I would come with Trump, trumpets, not Trump, trumpets, sheesh. End your words, Dan. I would come in a different way than, than, than the way that Jesus came, which was through a virgin and as a baby. Signs are important. I, but... 11, 12 years ago, I don't know how many of you know, there's a place on Beach Road where, I don't know if it's, yeah, I think it's, it's, yeah, so Media City's on your right-hand side, then you've got the Royal Mirage on your left, and there's a traffic light that's a very good and strategic traffic light, but wasn't there 12 and a half years ago, okay, and so it used to be able to just go straight, there was no turning lane into Media City, and you'd go straight, that's how long we've been here, okay, Dubai's changed a lot. So I, so I had a friend's car that he lent me, a Peugeot convertible 307 or 8 or one of those. It was an amazing car. It went a little faster than my little Golf, which I'd given to Starla. 
And um, we, we come out, they, so I was traveling along the one day, and I saw that they had put up traffic lights, but they were covered. They had like wrapping around them. So I knew at some point there's going to be a traffic light there. And I'm coming, I'm driving along uh, the one day, and I go straight through, and it was fine. The next day I'm driving along, and at this point I was stuck behind a truck. So for those of you who know me, um, I'm slightly an impatient driver, but I know I'm not the only one because I've seen some of you drive on the road. Funny story this morning, I was in a rush to get to church, but then someone waved to me, and they were in front of me, so I knew I couldn't overtake them. So I just had to sit behind them the whole time. Anyway, it ended up being Caleb, so I should have actually taken over and raced. But beside the point, it could have been anyone. Uh, but, so I was driving 12 years ago, and I'm sitting behind this truck, and then I quickly thought, oh, I need to get, get away from this guy. I pull out, and I go as fast as I can. So I went from like 60 up to 80, and I go through this red traffic light. Hits a car, the, their car flips on the side, my, uh, the airbag explodes in my face, my car spins around, I'm like, what happened? This is just crazy. And um, so I get out the car, by God's grace, he was a Christian, he wasn't hurt, he had a little bit of a scratch on his head, I'm like, his car tipped on, the, he could, literally could have died. In my mind, just immediately racing through, okay, hey, I'm going to, start and I getting married in a few months, okay, cool, she's going to wait about six years before I get out of jail. I was just like stressing so much. And anyway, so I had a whole bunch of court cases, and it turns out I had to pay a fine and pay for this guy's car. So I got off fairly easy for, for the city. And, um, but the point is, signs are important. And sometimes we can miss Son, Jesus sent the greatest son in his son. And if you come into church for the first time, or maybe you've come so many times and you're exploring the Christian faith, or maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, this is just a reminder that this is the most important sign that you can ever, ever think. Because somehow I can get out of when I went through a red traffic light, and by God's grace, I wasn't arrested because I read online that night. And you know what you do when that kind of thing happens. You read online and then you just live in fear for like 12 days. But anyway, God came and gave us a sign. There's signs all around us pointing to our brokenness. When you're sick, there's, there's symptoms to your sickness. Uh, there's something that's showing that you are sick. And there's something deeper that's going on inside of you. The world has different signs that is flashing at us all the time. There's signs of wars. There's abandonment and abuse. There's slavery. 27 or 28 million slaves alive on the earth today. Although we started read me a story yesterday of a, a, a guy that used to traffic in children has, was arrested and he got how many years in prison? 64 years in prison. Um, amazing, amazing story. God's, God's after those people. God's justice. There's slavery. There's humans shattered to pieces by sin. There's hatred. You would have experienced some of this in your life. We live in a broken world. Uh, there's, there's an ache inside of our hearts that we can do nothing about on our own. Uh, famous musicians have written about it. John Mayer wrote, Something's Missing. And uh, we know the lines. It's guitar check, microphone check. But something is missing. There's something deeper that's missing. Coldplay, my favorite band ever, wrote the song, Fix You. And it's about, it's just a story, at least my interpretation of the lyrics, that's the amazing thing about lyrics, is that it's about him trying to fix someone. And, uh, and it's, there's something, there's, we live in a society that's broken. You can just look around, even family members. If I look at my extended family, I'm grateful to God that he saved my family, he saved my parents, he saved me, uh, and my generations that are going to come. But if I look further than that, there's, there's so much mess. There's alcohol abuse, there's gambling, there's, there's things that people have, are going through. 
We live in a broken world, and the, and the government's not the answer. Good government is great, but sometimes the best government, the people still rebel against the government. Because that's not the solution. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the way. He is the light. We cannot miss Him. Like I said earlier, if I was going to choose to come to earth as the Son of God, I would make sure that everyone knew about it. Jesus didn't. It was announced to shepherds, lowest form of society. It wasn't announced to the wise men. Well, the wise men were seeking it out, and they eventually found Jesus in the stable. Came to a woman and a man, unmarried, teenage girl. That most Bible commentators say that, it was, that Mary was a teenager. It's not in a way that we would expect. And do you know what the amazing thing is? That God didn't clean up the way for Jesus to come in. He didn't clean the barn. He didn't even... Do you know what? Sometimes we think, oh, you know, God's got, God's got, he's got my back. He's going to sort me out. Jesus didn't even have that. Jesus couldn't even find a room to be born in. He was, he was, there was like, oh, we don't have any rooms. There's no, there's no place for you to stay, but you can stay in this barn with the animals. He came to the lowest point. He came to Mary, and uh, Mary, for those of you who think she was sinless, she wasn't. She was born into sin like you and I. And isn't that just God, for, to come deep into, the, into, into our sinfulness and change us from the inside out? The amazing thing is that that is the hope of Christmas. Is that Because I think if God came in a big way, we would always be looking for God in the big things. But God came in the most humble way so we could search Him. This is a human moment. This is a moment where it was the, this, in, the, in a stinky, dirty barn, Jesus was born to save the, the world from their sins. Just think of this story. It can only be true because it doesn't make sense on any level. God Himself came and lived inside Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life, died on the cross for us took our sin upon himself. I don't even know how that works. But there's a moment when Jesus was hanging on the cross and God himself had to turn his face because our sin, your sin, my sin was poured upon Jesus. The wrath of God was poured upon Jesus. God himself turned his face away and, he's, and, God, and Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lava samatani. I don't even have said that right. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even in that moment, God had to turn his face. Jesus defeated the enemy. He rose again on the third day so we can rise again with him if we put our faith in him. All religions are not the same. Every religion for me is a human attempt to find our Savior. It's a human attempt, whether you call it nirvana, enlightenment, paradise, whatever you want to call it, it's all it's all about works. It's all about doing the right things at the right time. And Jesus is saying, I've literally crawled from heaven to you so I can have a relationship with you. It's not about works. It's a free gift we get given from Jesus Christ. All we have to do in our hearts is accept it. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are real, that you are true. Accept you into my heart. He came for everyone. Third thing, light exposes and expels darkness. Isaiah 9.2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I love that picture. That there was, we live in a land of deep darkness. Then Jesus came and it changed everything. Ramanushi went to, uh, what's it called? A, a, 
Yeah, it's dining in the dark. Who's, who's ever been to that? It's not the number one thing I want to do in my life. I'm slightly claustrophobic. Um, I'm getting better. But uh, I'm not owning that thing anyway. And, uh, and uh, Rom and Nushi went, and they're like, you guys want to come? And we're like, I'm, I'm a bit sick, Rom. I can't make it. Um, but they went and they said there was just the craziest experience because you walk in there and it's completely pitch, ba- pitch black. There's, you can't see your hand in front of your face. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness that dark where you cannot see your hand. Your eyes, I mean, it would just freak me out completely. And because uh, and, sometimes it's, it's dark, but then your eyes adjust and then you can start to see things. But it was dark the whole time. There was, and then they start to bring food. And Ramanish were eating it and they were like, what are, we, what are we eating? And like you kind of would pick up a few things because your taste buds. But so often what you see helps what you eat. And, um, and then I think afterwards there was something completely different to what they thought it was. And I've, just, I've read just about it. I had to read about it because I'm not going to go myself. But the point is... If the lights went on, Roman Nushi would know exactly what they're eating. And that's what it does. It exposes, the a light exposes something that is truly there. I don't know if you guys have seen those YouTube uh, things where the guys have a big box and then they put their hands inside. They can't see what's inside the box, but there could be like an ice cream or a jelly bean or, or sometimes, then sometimes people put a crab or, or a lizard, which would absolutely freak style. And people are like feeling around. They're like, what is this thing, you know? And... Um, Anyway, so that's, that's almost what it's like without Jesus. Jesus comes and exposes. He comes and says, listen, there's my way which leads to life, but then there's also a, a way that you can follow that leads to death. Jesus comes and he illuminates the right way. He illuminates and says, this is the path you need to take. He brings a great light. And not only does it expose, it expels darkness. One candle in a dark room will expel the darkness in that room. And as more candles come on, and there's, there's more light and more light. That's, that is what Jesus came. When he came to the earth, he expelled darkness. He, he, uh, 1 John 3 verse 8, it says, The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Fully and finally. He saves us from our sin, our self, our failure, and our shame. He, t- he takes it away. He took it on the cross. There's the, the, the word that, that Jesus, the, the different Greek words for that, is that it actually was taken away from us, our sin. If we put our faith in Jesus, if you have put your faith in Jesus, your sin is taken away from you. That's an incredible, incredible thing. No other religion can offer you that. No other path of enlightenment can get you there. It's Jesus only. It's Him on the cross. His blood shed for us. Matthew one twenty one. It says, and the, the angel says that His name will be Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. The point of Jesus, the point of why we do this, is we, 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 we are here to tell you something incredible. That you don't have to live in your sin, your darkness, and your shame anymore. That you can put your faith in Jesus Christ. And in that moment, he'll wash you clean. He adopts you into the family. You get rights to become the children of God. Amazing. It's cool. Number four, my final point. Light brings peace. Isaiah 9, again, prophesies that Jesus will be called the Prince of Peace. In Judaism, Christianity, other religions, a candle is a symbol of peace when there's major terrorist acts that have happened in some major cities, London, Paris, different parts of the world. 
they would, after that's happened is if people have died, that people would come with candles and it will be this vigil that they have through the night. And it's a sign of peace. When God brings his light, he brings peace. 104 years ago, it was World War I. I don't think anyone's alive from World War I right now. There was a couple of people a few years ago were still alive, but now it's, it's way past that. And it was in 1914. There was an, uh, uh, an Austrian archduke called Franz, Fer- Franz Ferdinand. Not the band. Love Franz Ferdinand the band. Back in the, was it the 90s, early 2000s was Franz Ferdinand. But it was an actual archduke. And he was assassinated by a 19-year-old assassin. And that sparked a war that sparked another war. And eventually that became World War I. Where it was like the east versus the west. It was just, it was just chaos. And uh, they'd been going for about five months. And uh, that, the, the total of that war, which lasted a few years, I think there were 20 million people that, that were killed. It's just an absolute tragedy in our history. But there was a point five months in, and it was Christmas Eve of 1914. And on the Western Front, they, they don't know who it was, but someone stepped forward. Someone stepped into the middle of the battleground, and he says, we're going to have a ceasefire. And that spread like wildfire across the whole Western Front to the point on Christmas Day, the enemies were coming together and they were playing football. I think I've got a picture. This is a reenactment. And this is an actual picture, the next one. Where they came together in World War I on Christmas Day, they laid their weapons down and they sought peace. Christmas brought peace in that moment. To the point that after that, they said, okay, well, the Boxing Day is going to come. 26th of December is going to come, and you guys are going to have to go and fight and kill each other. They came to a point where they couldn't do it anymore because they had been, the, the, the enemy had been humanized. They could now interact with someone realizing, oh, wow, we both are celebrating Jesus, even though we're sitting on different sides of, of the earth. It's almost like the war became futile. They, were, they realized they were fighting for something else to the point where they had to take those people out of that area and station them in other areas so they'd actually start fighting again. I think that's an incredible story of the peace of Christmas. How Christmas brings peace. How the light of the world brings peace. We need peace. We live in a world living on anxiety pills. We live in a world that is... Uh, with drug problems and alcohol problems, and I can tell you that the main reason is that people are trying to drown their sorrows. People are trying to get rid of anxiety. People are trying to get rid of this, this ache inside of them that there's something missing. We need, Jesus comes and he brings peace with God. That's the greatest peace we can ever experience. That we can be at peace with our Creator, not through works that we've done, not for us trying to be good, because that's called religion, but by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord. There's the peace of God. So you have the peace with God. You have the peace of God, which is spiritual peace, eternal peace, knowing that one day when your life ends, you're going to step into eternity and it's going to be with Jesus. That's eternal peace. Peace within, emotional peace, and peace that surpasses all understanding. Then finally, we can have relational peace, which we saw in the story of 1904. You can have peace with others that you're at war with because of Jesus. Now, we've got a few symbols. You'll see them scattered around and uh, the, the hall in here and outside. The one is a Christmas tree. We mustn't forget what it's about. It's not some weird, uh, people want you to believe it's a weird little pagan thing. It's not. It, it represents the cross. Jesus hung on the cross for us. 
the lights, which we switch on here, but there's often lights you'll see in Christmas. I mean, Dubai is just full of these amazing Christmas lights. I don't know if you guys have seen in downtown, and it actually speaks about the light of the world. And then we, get, we give gifts to one another. I mean, we ask the kids about gifts. They don't really understand, but the gift is representing Jesus Christ. The only thing that ever cost God was Jesus. Because everything else he made, he made, he made everything. But giving his only son as a ransom for you and I so we can be free, so that we can have relationship with him. God created everything with the word of his mouth, with his breath. He created absolutely everything. But when, he, when Jesus came in the form of a child, it was to bring intimacy back. He wanted us to be close to him. Mario, could you come up? And would we stand to our feet as we pray together? Today we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. He's a sign for us to follow. He takes away our sin and he gives us peace. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you, you came to the earth 2,000 years ago. You stood in our place. Father, you lived a sinless life for us. Let's just take a moment to reflect on that. As we have so many busy days coming ahead of us, you've got family here, um, Christmas, Christmas Day, food, expectations, Let's just take a moment to just focus on Jesus. Thank Him. Thank Him for what He's done. Thank God. Father, we worship You. Father, you're so good. You did everything for relationship. You sacrificed yourself for relationship. You came into our sin, deep, deep into our sin for relationship. So, Father, I'm praying over every single person here this morning, whether they know you or they don't know you, that that would just sink into our hearts, that the God of this universe sent His only Son for us to have relationship with Him. And He doesn't expect us to be clean because He makes us clean. He doesn't expect us to be perfect because He makes us perfect. All he wants from us is just a response, a heart response. And I want to, I want to give an opportunity for those two sets of people. And I want to ask you both to raise your hand in, in a moment. But the first could be for those who've never, ever made right with God, have never confessed Jesus as Lord, as the Bible says, which means that, that Jesus becomes the one that you follow that you, be, you believe that the story is true, that, that, that Jesus rose from the dead, defeating the sin, 
knowing that you cannot find your way back to God through your own efforts or your own good doing. If that is you, if it's your first time. And then the second one is for those who may have known Jesus at some point in their life, but they've, they've wandered away. Can I tell you that the Father in heaven is not condemning you? He's saying, come back, my son. Come back, my daughter. It says, when, when, when that child, the lost child comes home, the, the angels in heaven celebrate. There's a celebration of the, of, the, of the lost children of God coming back to him. So if that is you, I'd like you to just raise your hand very quickly. There's no one looking around. Just up and down, just so I can see. If you want to make right with the Father. Thank you, Father. Father, this is such a solemn moment. This this is more than a story. This is real life. I pray, Lord God, that you would just, just like you came to earth 2,000 years ago, you would come and stop us dead in our tracks, even this week, and we'd reflect on you. Wouldn't be so consumed about what is happening around us, but we'd be so focused and so consumed on you, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We give you all honor and all glory.